0: in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, weekly blast. Party
1: me wishes that Kyler Murray weren't so elusive, so reclusive, so averse to living in Arizona and so unplugged from our daily conversations because for all of his flaws and personality quirks, he has been smeared relentlessly, sometimes by those who claim to have his back. And I know because I've seen the proof. The former GM would back Murray publicly only to generously point out all his shortcomings to his his friendlies in the media. The former head coach watched film with the owner on a weekly basis and surely used that platform to illustrate how Murray is holding back his offense. And as Murray has done the bare minimum in the realm of public relations, the cumulative effect is a quarterback who isn't exactly going to win any popularity contests around the NFL or in Arizona, which is why we are now hearing that Kyler Murray might be an impediment to the head coaching search in the valley, that no self-respecting candidate is going to change his change his proverbial wagon to a quarterback. Last seen telling the old head coach to calm the bleep down, but there's another side to this story and another side to this quarterback. We've seen it; everyone has seen it. Just go back and watch the Hard Knocks episode from Vegas earlier this season when James Cotter is screaming at Kyler. You're special, man! You're special! Now that was coming from one of the most hardcore players on the planet. And if a prospective head coach can't see that side of Murray, then he's got no business interviewing here in the first place. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury affordable. They've got two great locations. You can find them online at chapmanbmw.com.
2: I remember the Arizona game, probably our best game of the year. Right, defensively, man, we went after them. Right, I mean, I, I called cover zero more than I've ever called in my life because, listen... Kyle, I'm going to go at you, bro. Yeah. All right, I'm just telling you. Well, we know he's not studying anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> man, hours, man, four man, hours,
3: man, hours man, a week. No doubt. <laughs> that's, that's a whole other
0: <laughs> Yeah, that is uh, Aaron Glenn, now a candidate for the Cardinals' head coaching position. Back in October, uh, chopping it up with uh, Ryan Clark on the Pivot Podcast, and Ryan Clark makes the the comment we all we know he's not studying. He was he was referring to the the Detroit win over the Cardinals in in twenty twenty one, which was a dominating performance by the Lions. Not Kyler Murray's worst game, but it was a bad game for everybody in, in a Cardinals
1: uniform that day. Um, but 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 that. But that soundbite plays into what I just said in the blast, and yes. that is if Aaron Glenn is a, as a head coaching candidate is laughing dismissively at Kyler Murray. Now again, that's from October, yes. so I'm glad you pointed out this this set, this sense of timing because there's been a couple of times recently where uh, this is a new phenomenon where things that happened months ago that nobody were aware of, mostly because of podcasts, mm-hmm. come and they. Surface, yep. And there's a feeling like, did that just happen? Yes. This didn't just happen.
0: No. Right. And a lot of that applied to the Sean Payton breakdown of Kyler Murray as a quarterback. It was like, wow, yeah. oh, this is him from September. Yes. Well,
1: <laughs> right. That's right. Um,
0: you, you said something in the blast, and it's something that we've talked about a lot on this show. And, you know, you can... If you want to say that was the beginning of the end, or the middle of the end, or getting close to the end of the end between Kyler Murray mm-hmm. and Cliff Kingsbury, it was that moment in the New Orleans game—the calm, calm, the bleep down moment—and how it was handled, or more to the point, not handled by Cliff Kingsbury. I remember having the the discussion the next day. Cardinals won that game, by the way. That was the one home game that they won. But we had the discussion. Look, is Cliff Kingsbury an, a, a, an authoritative head coach, a disciplinarian? No. You know, he's he's definitely a player's coach. But, man, do you think the, the respect level for Cliff Kingsbury would have went up in a lot of people's eyes if he said, you're not going to talk to me like that?
1: Get your butt on the bench. Yeah, Colt, go, go Colt, sit down. Colt, Colt grab you're in your game. helmet. What for, coach? Insubordination. Yeah. Shut up. Shut up, Jared. I mean, shut up, <laughs> Kyler. <laughs> now, he would have got criticism for it as well. Well, but and he would have won, won over that locker room, boy. I'm telling you. Yeah, he probably, I'm probably would have. Listen, there, there have been stories. People have written this. I have heard this. That, uh, as much as 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 much as people were predisposed to like Cliff Kingsbury and his feathery touch, um, there were a lot of guys who were like, I can can't say a lot. That that's an unfair characteriz- characterization on my part. There was there was at least a, an undertow of dissatisfaction that nobody would put the kid in the pl- in his place when he needed to be put into his place because you're not doing him any favors treating him like that. No. And as a head coach, you should have known that. But again, you know, that is
0: out there. I'm it probably comes up in these conversations that that coaches and candidates are having, you know, how much of that is a turnoff because you do have a player that would that would approach a coach that way. And maybe that was three years in the making, but still it was a pretty visceral reminder of, of how Kyler Murray can operate. So
1: how would you feel now if, if you learn from Ian Rappaport that not only did the Cardinals miss out on Sean Payton, but now Sean Payton and the Broncos have requested to interview Brian Flores for their defensive coordinator position? That's what Ian Rappaport reported eight <laughs> minutes ago. Well, you know it's it's an upward move for Brian Flores, mm-hmm. so it's
0: definitely uh, within the rules because it's not a lateral move. He was not a coordinator in Pittsburgh, uh, and it would just add to the list of other candidates that uh, or if, other teams that
1: have considered him a DC yeah, candidate, right? So that 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 would seem to tell you that there's not a whole lot of traction for Brian Flores as the next coach in Arizona. It
3: will also be the second coach that the Cardinals interviewed for a head coach that took a defensive coordinator job instead, yes. like Dan Quinn.
0: But again, we don't have any feel of whether or not offers were made. It's one thing to have a conversation and a coach to move on. But if if Michael Bidwell is saying, we would love for you to be the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, and the response is, ah, the thing is this. I'm going to go be a coordinator back in Dallas again. Or I'm going to go talk to, to, to Sean Payton in Denver. Right. Then we got a real issue. Right. Then we
1: got a real issue. <laughs> and again, we don't know. Uh-huh. We don't know. No, we don't know. But again, it, it's uh, there was a, there was a worry here that look, the longer you wait in hiring a head coach, particularly if it's somebody who doesn't have his own coaching staff lined up in his back pocket, is you're going to get just the worst support staff you're going you could possibly get because all the good people have gotten jobs. All the there there are not good candidates sitting around going just waiting for that call from Arizona, man. Just waiting on it. That's that's not the way the that's not the way this whole thing works, man. And so, uh, the musical chairs game is just about over. And the Cardinals are going to be whoever the Cardinals hire. If they don't already have a staff of guys who are available, and uh, you know this is this is my guy, then th- their their coaching staff is going to leave something to be desired. And it might look a lot like last year's coaching staff. And, and, and again, when you start and when you start having to scramble and backfill and keep existing guys because you don't have better options, that's not good. It's 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 all it's all it's the price of being last, is what it is. So. Again, I'm trying to look at the bright spot. I'm trying to look at the fact that, to me, the number one, number one thing that was needed here was a new general manager from the outside, somebody who can come in here and actually build a football team, and and not trade first round picks for Hollywood Brown and you know draft tight ends with second round picks, stuff like that. And, and so I, I think the Cardinals have gotten on a better path and so I'm going to try to remain thankful of that and I'm going to try to be remain open-minded about who they hire as a head coach but again it's the idea is if you're going to bring in a defensive-minded head coach because you want to have a guy who can be a hard ass and lay down the law and have a degree of separation from Kyler Murray totally get that. Where is the offensive coordinator who is going to speak to Kyler Murray and lift him up and get him back into MVP candidacy? Who is that? Where is that guy coming from? Yeah, but again,
0: I mean, and this is very, very just base level stuff. Does it Does it really matter? I mean, there's disciplinary coaches that, that guys hate playing for. Mm-hmm. And there's players coaches, you know, the soft touch guys that, mm-hmm. that players hate plating, playing for. The reason for both of those is because those teams don't win. You can you can be a disciplinarian and win, and everybody's cool with it. Yep. You can be a soft touch guy and win, and everybody's
1: cool with it. You can be a monotoned, monotoned, disinterested weirdo like Bill Belichick, and guys are are fine with it because yeah. you are giving them what they need. You're giving them a chance to win. That's all. That's all guys want. Or yeah.
3: you could be the absolute like touchy feely players
1: coach, sickening like Pete Carroll, Dick Vermeil, and and if you win, they love you. Then they love you. You're right. That, that that's exactly right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I think in this case, man, it. It's, it's really going to be now, what are you going to do with that Kyler piece? How are you going to get him better? Because I would assume there's going to be a new offense here, right? Cliff Kingsbury's gone. So there's going to be a new offense installed here. Who, whose offense are we talking about? Who is that guy? I don't know. I, I mean, there's the, if, if Vance Joseph is the
0: guy and a lot of that staff remains, it might be remnants of the Cliff Kingsbury offense. Could
1: you, could you go right now and hire John Gruden? Would you no. go hire John Gruden?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, a guy with baggage
1: better be really good at his job. <laughs> I'm not sure he was really good at that job. Has he been vindicated? Has he been redeemed? Has he been forgiven? Where Where is he at in the stages? I think
0: of- he's at a strip mall in Tampa watching <laughs> film. That's are you what- with me, man? Give me, give me.
1: Are you with me, man? Knock on wood if you're hey, with, with me, man. man. <laughs> that was a pandemic, right? Wasn't it? In the pandemic. We're like, wow, what a head coach! <laughs> what a guy! Things change, Bick. Yeah, how about it? Uh,
0: you can text your thoughts to the Fanduel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. Uh, coming up next, we'll get into some other news from around the National Football League in this week before the Super Bowl. That's straight ahead on the Friday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader quickly and Morada hash
1: marks
0: i'm still very strong not still i'm very strong on Dak. but this whole thing reflects the upside that i feel in Dak. the fact that we're doing this mike's calling the plays this has everything to do with the positives around deck it's building around Dak. That is uh, Jerry Jones. Not still.
3: That was a weird <laughs> correction. <laughs> yes. I don't still like him. I didn't used to, but now, now I like
0: him. <laughs> uh, General manager owner of the Dallas Cowboys talking about uh, Dak Prescott, his quarterback, moving forward. We mentioned earlier in the show that, while well, Aaron Rodgers is getting ready to tee off at Pebble Beach. He gets asked uh, at the tee box, hey, you got any news for us? And he says, I'm not going to San Fran. Uh, and uh, to Dak Prescott even caught a stray there because the uh, person asking the questions at the T-Box said, You'd look great with a star on the side of your helmet. Dak Prescott is, I mean, it, it comes with the territory. If you are the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, you are scrutinized. Mm. So there's that built in. But the level of scrutiny that he's reached now um, is at a very intense level for him. And Jerry Jones, you know, he, he does stick with guys. But man, you want to talk about a guy under the microscope for, for somebody who's not going to move this off season? Dak Prescott is the guy.
1: Yeah, Dak Prescott in some in some regards, it he, he seems to be hyper criticized very much like Kyler Murray, probably for different reasons. Uh, I I do know I watch Dak Prescott, and sometimes I'm. Uh, sometimes I think, wow, this guy really doesn't get his just dues sometimes. Because the leadership piece, you can tell the guys really like him. You can tell how tough he is. It's just the big mistakes and the big situations that, and, and the lack of awareness. It's just that gene. You know how it is, the great quarterbacks, you give them the ball and a chance to beat you, they all do. And if, you're, and if you can't and you come up short repeatedly, then people think you have a character flaw as a quarterback. And I think that's mm-hmm. where Dak Prescott is. Yeah. I think I think you know it's even that even that last game at the playoff game that they played that they lost where they did not look good. Everybody focused on on the interceptions that Dak threw, and, and one of them was a tip ball, wasn't it? It wasn't necessarily even his fault per se, but it's. It's just it's the residue of not getting that team to the Super Bowl. They haven't been to a Super. They haven't been to a championship game in in twenty seven years. That's remarkable, isn't it? Twenty eight years, yeah, uh, no, it is. Elsewhere in the NFC East, obviously
0: one of their teams, the Philadelphia Eagles, getting ready for the Super Bowl and people singing the singing the praises of second year head coach Nick Sirianni. But not everybody. Uh, there's a little there's a little feud going on between the Giants. And the Eagles right now, because uh, Julian Love, Giant Safety, appeared on Good Morning Football Bic, Mm -hmm. and he was asked about, do you remember the clip where they they had the slow motion camera shot, that 4K camera of Nick Sirianni, and he saw the camera on the sidelines, and he was kind of doing that like real assured nod? It, yeah, went, it went yeah. viral. Oh, you do know yeah. see coaches do that to, to play to the camera. Uh, Julian Love was asked about that on Good Morning Football.
3: You know, he's a guy who really is doing a good job because he's not getting his in the way of his team. He has an experienced roster uh, from top to bottom, offense, defense.
2: You see this stuff, though? Like, like, what's your reaction as a player? And that guy's doing
3: that. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. I mean, he's, he's in for a free ride right now. You guys can coach this team and you can
1: succeed. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's how.
0: All right, so he ruffled some eagle's feathers with that he's in a free ride. You guys could coach this team. Doesn't like the antics. I, don't, I mean, that's just built-in rivalry stuff. If, if Julian loves – if he played for Nick Sirianni, he'd be saying, oh, I love my coach's swagger. Of course. Yeah, of course. But of course. what do you think of the –
1: you guys, that the, roster, co- that the roster is so good that anybody could coach it.
0: It's a players' league, and that that roster. I mean, Howie Roseman has built a roster uh, to be dealt with. Obviously, they're playing for the Super Bowl, uh, but I don't think it's all roster. I think it's mostly a players' league. But coaching, wow, I like vanilla and it. chocolate. He does.
1: He does like vanilla and chocolate. Coaching has something to do with it. Mm. And Nick Sirianni's done a really good job yeah i I don't know, I don't cover the team I, I mean I, I don't really have any insight about the team to know how good he is, but clearly I mean they've they've what lost three games all year long. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean,
0: and two of those were without the yeah, quarterback. And two of
1: them was was without their starting quarterback. So yeah, I listen. Uh, Howie Roseman did a really good job of building a Super Bowl team, hitting a valley, kind of hit and reset, and piecing it all back together. Um, we saw the weirdness that happened with Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz, and how Doug Peterson, who was the last head coach to bring Philadelphia to the Super Bowl, and and one of the greatest Super Bowls we've ever seen, by the way. And it, it's that we remember that weirdness where it was like Doug. Peterson didn't seem to want to commit to Jalen Hurts, and I, I think Howie Roseman made a real smart call when it came to that. Yeah, It's like pepperoni pizza or sausage, you know? <laughs> You heard that
0: voice just out in the in the wild. You'd never attach it to. Hey, that's a successful NFL general
1: manager. Well, <laughs> uh, listen, uh, and there's a there's a famous anecdote about Howie, Howie Roseman that Eagles fans will tell you about uh, all day long. There was somebody who came who got into his face earlier this year about what have you done for us lately, man? And his response was, "Yeah, enjoy the Super Bowl. I brought you bleep you." Yes. Totally. So, uh, which is even more stunning when you hear the voice. Yes. Because it's not like, cuz
0: <laughs> my guy in Philly. Look, that swagger starts with Howie Roseman, and we talked about it mm-hmm. with uh, with uh, Sirianni. Did you see the footage of uh, Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator, rolling up to the the NFC Championship game?
1: When he, oh, ro- yeah. he rolls down the window yeah, and yells at the 49 wind- we're, we're going to yeah.
0: bleeping gut these guys. Oh, yeah,
1: well, then they did. No, yeah, yeah. that's that's not what happened. But the fact of the matter is this football team beat the Giants by 31 points. They beat the 49ers by 24. They have got, uh, uh, they're at, what, plus 55 in two playoff games yes, going into the, the Super Bowl? third
0: biggest uh, total differential through two playoff games heading into a Super They've Bowl. They've
3: literally
1: ever. been the best
3: team the entire year. Yes, they have yeah. been.
0: And yeah. everyone was sort of like looking at the AFC teams
3: the Bills first and then the Chiefs and the Bengals later in the year Mm -hmm. as these are the real best teams these are the real best teams sort of not acknowledging how great the
0: Eagles were all season yeah about the team that the Eagles gutted in that NFC Championship game, the 49ers, look, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan says, I don't see him coming back. Mm. Brock Purdy's injury status very much up in the air. What do they do uh, at quarterback? Do they go after Aaron Rodgers? He says he's not going to San Fran. Uh, Nick Wagner, who covers the uh, 49ers for ESPN, said don't expect them to bring in any big name quarterback.
2: I think you're probably looking at someone in that mid-level veteran market, whether that's an Andy Dalton or a Teddy Bridgewater or- or, uh, Jacoby Brissett, one of those types of names. But in terms of big game hunting, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that the one name that obviously everybody connected to them that I think was realistic, uh, at least as a possibility, was Tom Brady. You know, there was obviously a lot of connections there. The 49ers passed on the opportunity to sign him after the 2019 season. Regretfully, of course, Kyle uh, Shanahan has made clear. But I-, I think that just as we sit here right now, there's not an obvious solution outside of the building that they can realistically
0: yeah, I mean, what he says makes a lot of sense. The names aren't all that that sexy on mm-hmm. their own, but when you attach an Andy Dalton or a Teddy Bridgewater or a Jacoby Brissett to the 49ers, they're probably going to win you a lot of football games with the way that that team's constructed. Yeah,
1: yeah I would think that's, that's probably accurate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think what's going to happen here... If you kind of fast-forward this to the Super Bowl here, when was, the last, when was the last time Jalen Hurts has been in a real close kind of game? The Cardinals played the Eagles close. Uh, I, I think that it's been very, I'm not going to say easy for the Eagles, but I, I've said this before, that in the NFL, if you're a number 1 seed in either conference, getting to the Super Bowl can feel remarkably easy. Mm-hmm. C- compared to what an enormous accomplishment it actually really is. It, 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 generally, the the route is you get a home game against an, um, uh, an overmatched opponent, which is what they pretty much got against the Giants in the yeah. playoffs, yeah. and then your home crowd just tilts the the championship game in your favor, like and so did injury, like it did against the 49ers. So... I, I, I it, who the Eagles are as a full roster, if they beat the Chiefs handily, this is going to be a conversation that a lot of people are going to be late getting to. Because everyone's been waiting for the Eagles to kind of be exposed a little bit I or maybe was. fall off a little bit. Oh, they're not as good as their record indicates. They've blown out two playoff teams. Yeah. So we'll take, see. Can't, can't take that away from them. Yeah. Uh, this Monday,
0: listen for your name every day to qualify for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. How do you get involved? Just text super to 62620. That'll get you registered. And then when you hear your name starting on Monday, call within the time frame and you could be headed to Super Bowl 57. Plus, win tickets to the FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl experience. Once again, that's super to 62620. It's Arizona Sports All Access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Mike Florio, Pro Football talk that is straight ahead on the Friday edition of Bickley and Marotta mornings here on Arizona sports the local sports leader Arizona sports the local sports leader Bickley and Murata mornings coaching searches quarterback shuffles Super Bowl right upon us next week in our own backyard here to talk about all of it with us from pro football talk Mike Florio our guest on the Arizona sports line Mike thanks for joining us good morning
2: Hey, great to be with you. How's everything?
0: Good. Uh, we've daily been pouring over this Arizona Cardinals coaching search, which I believe is now in day twenty-five, Mike. So we've got the you know our perspectives. I'd love to get your perspective on how this has gone down, and where do you think the Cardinals are in this whole search right now?
2: It really is amazing that we've got two jobs still open with no clear idea of who the front runner is when it may end, where it's all going, how many rounds of interviews there may be. Now, in Indianapolis, many people think that Jim Irsay is just trying to twist himself into knots to justify hiring Jeff Saturday. In Arizona, someone I trust told me two and a half weeks ago to keep an eye on Brian Flores as the potential head coach because he would help the team in a variety of ways, football, Exact opposite of Cliff Kingsbury, and we see time and again, teams that fire a coach look for a guy who from a personality standpoint is the exact opposite. You need some tough love for Kyler Murray to get the best out of him, and that's what Brian Flores would bring to the table. And almost as important as football reasons, the pending litigation that the Cardinals were dragged into when Steve Wilkes joined uh-huh. the Flores case, the idea that not just the alleged racial bias it goes back decades in coaching hires, but the idea that Flores and now Steve Wilkes are being shunned for engaging in legally protected activities. People think that if you sued a company, that company has every right to turn a cold shoulder to you going forward. That's not how it works. Those people have protections, anyone. Who files a discrimination lawsuit under the Federal Civil Rights Act for any basis, any protected characteristic, you can't be retaliated against by that employer. And Michael Bidwell, a lawyer, a former prosecutor, smart enough to know that. And that benefits him, that benefits the league, that benefits everyone. And also, the flip side is if you don't hire Brian Flores and you hire somebody else, you potentially get a separate ticket to the ongoing litigation with an argument mm. from Flores that you ultimately didn't hire him because he engaged in those legally protected activities under federal law.
1: And when you uh, reported that, I, I thought, well, that is exactly what the Cardinals need. They interviewed Brian Flores, but that was a while ago and nothing has happened. And now uh, we saw reports that that the Broncos and Sean Payton, who was also in the Cardinals orbit, now have asked for permission to interview Brian Flores as defensive coordinator. I, is it possible Brian doesn't want any part of the Cardinals? And, and why do you think the Cardinals are reticent and have and made that move yet.
2: Well, I don't think that Flores would say no to a head coaching opportunity. Now, maybe he would. Maybe he'd wait a year. Maybe he doesn't want to get caught up in a situation where you don't know when you're going to have Kyler Murray. You don't know what the long-term play is at quarterback. You don't have faith in the front office. I mean, that's possible. It's possible. But typically, coaches don't say no when the window opens on their opportunity to be a head yes. coach. And I don't think that his potential interest in other defensive coordinator jobs means he's not interested in the Cardinals job. You just have to have your, your, your ducks in a row. You've got to have your options lined up. And if the Cardinals job isn't going to come his way, he's got to see what else is out there. And uh, he's got to explore opportunities to become a defensive coordinator. I think at a minimum, he'll be a defensive coordinator somewhere in 2023. The question is whether or not he gets that Cardinals job. He wasn't even interviewed for the Colts job. I mean, the Colts did an initial round of like 13 interviews and didn't interview him. And frankly, we saw how aggressive Flores and Wilkes have been with this litigation. I wouldn't be surprised if Flores doesn't get the Cardinals job. I wouldn't be surprised if every team that even failed to interview him for the head coaching position gets added to the lawsuit with a claim that they're engaged in retaliation against someone who engaged in protected activities, because if you're going to interview 13 people in Indy, if you're going to potentially hire Jeff Saturday and you don't even bring in Brian <laughs> Flores for a sit down, mm-hmm. you could argue that there's something else going on unrelated to mm-hmm. his football skills and abilities.
1: What do you make of this? Uh, you know, here in Arizona, we, we've seen how the former GM, we, we, we've seen basically um, the game they've played to kind of smear Kyler Murray, to, to scapegoat Kyler Murray for all the problems that have beset this organization, which are far more than the quarterback of smart football people know. Would Kyler Murray really be an impediment to to a a coaching candidate to come to Arizona? Would it be more about the owner? We've heard recently Pat McAfee imply that the facilities might be standing in the way. That might seem to be a stretch. What do do you think's in that mix as it applies to the Cardinals' vacancy?
2: Well, look, historically, the Cardinals have had a reputation for being extremely careful with money. Now, that, that has changed to a certain extent. In recent years, there was a time when, and these were facts that came from a report from Mike Silver when he was with Sports Illustrated years ago, padlocks on the Gatorade cooler on the player's day off. Robert Griffith signs a pre-agent contract and they deducted the cost of the FedEx envelope from his signing bonus. (laughs) Just dumb little things like that where you're penny-wise and pound-foolish. And, hey – coaches care about the quality of an organization they care about ownership they care about whether or not there's a commitment to spending the money necessary to make the team as good as it can be their legacies are on the line their employment's on the line the whole genesis of the wilks claim is that 2018 was basically a year where they accepted they were going to stink and they're fine with that i mean that's the allegation so that, that may be part of it but you know at the end of the day there's only 32 of these jobs, Yes. and most football coaches have sufficient confidence bordering on delusion that they can overcome whatever adversity may be in their way. And I don't know that Kyler Murray's an impediment. The injury to Kyler Murray is a short-term impediment because you don't know when you're going to have him again, and you don't know when he's going to be 100%. Will he be 100% Some guys from ACLs? Good as always. Other guys? They, they, they've lost a little something, and that's always with them. So that's the great unknown once you suffer an injury like that. But, you know, there's just a lot of questions about where this team is heading mm-hmm. and what kind of commitment there is going to be to devote the money necessary to build a winning program. But, but still, at the end of the day, every NFL franchise will be able to find many people who are more than happy to coach that team because there's only 32 of those jobs out there.
0: Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Now to the uh, the quarterback front. Of course, the bombshell Tom Brady announces his retirement. He had been linked maybe as a possibility for San Francisco. Aaron Rodgers, his name is hot and heavy on, on the movement front. He says he's not going to San Fran at Pebble Beach yesterday. I mean, As you read the tea leaves right now, what, what makes the most sense uh, in terms of a landing spot for Aaron Rodgers, if outside of Green Bay this year, Mike?
2: Yeah, I mean, the flow chart for Aaron Rodgers goes like this. Number one, is he going to play or not play? He's got to make that decision. Number two, Packers or not Packers. He's got (laughs) to make that decision after that. Then if it's not the Packers, where? Nathaniel Hackett, the former Packers offensive coordinator, flamed out as head coach of the Broncos now with the Jets. It puts the Jets in play, and that's the team everyone is watching. Other teams like the Raiders have been mentioned I can't imagine Josh McDaniels and Aaron Rodgers coexisting because Josh McDaniels does not seem to be the type who will tiptoe on eggshells around a delicate genius like Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> frankly, I mean, really? Can uh, you? I mean, it would be it would be reality show worthy. Put him on Hard Knocks, please. If it's Aaron Rodgers and Josh McDaniels, and, and I got a theory about the Forty Niners as to why he said he's not going to San Fran, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to analyze the mind of somebody who operates multiple levels beyond the rest of us. There's a narrative now that the reason Aaron Rodgers hasn't appeared in more than one Super Bowl is because the Packers have failed to put talent around him, that he's not the impediment to the ability of the Packers to be better than they've been. Well, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the 49ers, who are completely stacked at every position, who have every reason to compete for and win championships, uh-huh. and they don't. The narrative may shift, and people may start saying, maybe it was Aaron Rodgers, or maybe he was more responsible for the failure of the Packers than we previously believed. And I think that last year, when the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett, they thought they were getting Aaron Rodgers. And I think last year, Aaron Rodgers thought long and hard about leaving. And at the end of the day, he decided to stay And I think some of these guys who are on the short list of the greatest ever, they like that narrative. They like to be able to say, you know, he falls back to his tremendous touchdown interception ratio and all these other indicators to prove he's the best ever because he doesn't have the championships. And for now, he's got the excuse that it's somebody else's fault that I don't have the championships. If he goes somewhere else and it's a championship-caliber team and he doesn't win a championship – he 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 undermines that argument wow. and and i really do think at some level he's sensitive to that and doesn't want to put himself in that position
1: because that's how a delicate genius might think, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: well done. <laughs> yes, well done as always, Mike. Thanks, thanks for making Mike. time for us this morning. We appreciate All right, it. See you guys, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, our guest on the Arizona Sports line. Coming up next, Devin Booker, not an All Star, but a prominent NBA writer thinks another member of the Phoenix Suns oh was an All Star oh snub. Oh boy, we'll tell you who next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bickley and Murata Mornings. And it's a Friday edition of Bickley and Mornings, live from the Oxygen Community Studios. This will be our last show in this studio for quite some time, because next week we'll be in uh, Radio Row. Okay. The, at the Phoenix Convention Center all week, right in the center of all the actors. How many Radio Rows have you guys each been to broadcast uh, on? F- Four, I think, for me. Vic's been to many more than I have. Mm-hmm. I've been to the two here, the two previous here, and uh, two two in Tampa. Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's a weird coincidence. Yeah. Vic, Very you good. probably lost count. Yeah, I... I, it, I know it, for, it, for many it, years you I, covered every do, Super We don't Bowl. need to do that exercise yeah. on here, counting out how many I've done. Why do you ask, Jarrett? No, it just it's it's sort of a an, an interesting week, Every
3: year, the gathering of media throughout the country, and this year it's in our backyard.
0: And it used to be, I mean, a lot more prevalent. There was Mm -hmm. a time where, hey, if you did a sports radio show, you were at Super Bowl Radio Row. Oh, yeah. It's not necessarily that way. And, And to come back this strong, and I'm curious to see what it's like. You know, after the pandemic, although a few Super Bowls after the pandemic. But we will be there all week next week. Uh, Devin Booker nearing a return for the Phoenix Suns. It won't be tonight in Boston. Could be Tuesday night, according to reports against the Brooklyn Nets, a game that has also been uh, flexed out for a national television audience. Maybe TNT knows something. We shall see. Uh, Devin Booker was not named to the All-Star team. He has missed, what, 20, right around 20 games, uh, despite averaging 27 points. Almost five rebounds and almost six assists per game, and certainly, uh, you know, in the early season MVP discussion, his name was prominently factored, but did not make the All Star team. Some people have a problem with it. Some people call him a snub. I was reading an article this morning, Vic, um, from Anscape.com dot com mm-hmm. uh, that Mark J. Spears put together. He's got his all snub team, and he's got some of the usual suspects on there. Trey Young from Atlanta. Pascal Siakam, he uh, has De'Aaron Fox of Sacramento, Jalen Brunson, Jimmy Butler, uh, Jamal Murray, and Aaron Gordon from the Nuggets. And then there's one member of the Phoenix Suns that he has got as an all star snub.
1: Okay. He listed
0: DeAndre Ayton. Oh,
1: come on. His uh,
0: snippet on Ayton uh, Ayton is averaging a double double, 17.8 uh, points on 57% shooting from the field, 10.1 rebounds, and 2.1 assists for the Suns entering Thursday. The seven footer is the key reason the Son still have a winning record despite losing Devin Booker and Chris Paul for 24 and 21 games respectively. Ayton was hoping to prove this season that he was worthy of being an all-star, but the West coaches didn't agree.
1: Um, the West With coaches, all due respect to Mark Spears, that is about the most whack thing he has ever written. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <laughs> and we have Mark and, on the show, uh, and we I'm, enjoy our visit with him. That, that, to me, just is... That's looking at numbers and seeing a player that doesn't exist. Um, that's, that's, I agree that's with that. That's the Bill Simmons uh, uh, empty stat line. Uh, line. Yeah, listen... It's uh, not completely empty. De- De- DeAndre no. is is a reason why the Suns
0: okay. have a winning record still. He is not the biggest reason. I think the biggest reason, um, it might not even be a player... It might be the fact that they got a real soft patch of schedule, which doesn't really necessarily exist in today's NBA. Mm. If you were going to assign it to a player, I would assign it to, to Mikel Bridges. Anyway. Um, Same. So, yeah, I mean, one stat that was overlooked by Mark J. Spears is that Deandre Ayton has missed nine games this year. You know what the
1: Suns' record is in those games? Mm, eight and one. Eight and one. Yeah. How about that? eight and one? How about that? How about that? <laughs> yeah. That's uh, yeah. And I just guessed that. Yeah. No. That's that's just to me. That's silly. That's really really silly. I think I think Da has been okay at times. I think he's had a few moments, and I think he's reverted to being extremely frustrating again. So yeah, that's a little bit weird. If uh, watching the NBA like I do. There were two guys that I thought were going to kinda of get some love this time around. Anthony Edwards who you um who you already mentioned, but that Timberwolves team is just so unlikable. I can kinda of get that. And Jalen Brunson, who I think is having a fabulous year in New York. Um those are a couple of – I mean, if you want to start talking about – and you mentioned and Fox. I think and Fox obviously is a case to be made. I think Aaron Gordon has had a fantastic year in the context of who Aaron Gordon happens to be. Yeah, but my – and I heard a lot of campaigning for Aaron Gordon leading up to this,
0: and my – he is, he has been good and I've never been the biggest Aaron Gordon same. fan uh in, in during his career. He's taken his game to a new level and he's fit in really well with Denver finally. But he's averaging sixteen points and six point eight rebounds per game for a very good team. I have a problem with Jaron Jackson of the Memphis Grizzlies making the all star game with the exact same numbers, so I, I can't justify it for Aaron Gordon. Okay. Jamal Murray, maybe. I think mm-hmm. Jamal Murray is a more impactful player for the Nuggets, and and you know his return. While we had a we had a punchline for a while, if Jamal Murray was healthy, dot dot dot, everything yeah, would be okay. Well, exactly, he's healthy, and guess what? Everything's okay in Denver right now. Um, The DeAndre Ayton talk does not end there on the All-Star front. Uh, Arizona sports Kevin Zimmerman from uh, Empire of the Suns, he put together a piece, you know, that focuses on the reports last summer that the Raptors and Suns talked about a DeAndre Ayton sign-and-trade last summer. It didn't work out. The story came from uh, TSN in Canada's Josh Lewenberg. And it says uh, Toronto is close to acquiring Deandre Ayton from Phoenix in a sign and trade last summer, according to a source. Perhaps there's a deal to be made for the Suns, who are said to be one of Ananobi's many suitors. We know what happened. Indiana signed the offer sheet or gave the offer sheet to Ayton. The Suns matched it quickly, uh, and that killed any possibility of a trade in that time frame. Mm -hmm. We're out of that time frame. The deadline is next Thursday. Do you think this fires up the old?
1: De- Deandre Ayton trade uh, possibilities I, again? I, yeah, I do think I do think they're amenable to it. I wonder how Da feels about it. I wonder if Da wants a fresh start somewhere else as well, or if or if he just likes being here. I, I don't know where he's at on this. Would he be the kind of guy that would would go? Nope, I'm not going. Yeah. I know you want to trade me, but I don't have to, Out, so I'm not going. Outside of one day, Bick, and that day was Media Day this year. DeAndre Ayton has
0: not operated as a guy who wants out of Phoenix. No. Not at all. No. He's
3: he's almost
1: frustratingly
0: been the same da yeah,
3: this year. That's a good way personality it. wise.
1: Good way of putting it, and, and that's that's kind of accurate. So I, I think they would certainly entertain it. I think they would like to do it. Um, I, I, I and again, I'm at the point now where I'm for it too. I've I've pretty much I'm pretty much done with da in my head. And that's just me. I'm not I'm not advocating the Suns do anything to suit me, but but I'm just telling you where I'm at in terms of my personal frustration with him and 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 his impact on the team. Because at some point in time. Uh, it, it's got to be it, there's got to be a line of diminishing returns for a guy that just doesn't bring it every single night when the team needs it every single night and whatever. So, I, again, in a larger picture, to me, it's going to be fascinating, this confluence of events, uh, a new owner allegedly taking place next Wednesday, the trade deadline the following day, all these rumors going around the team on the road. Who are they going to come back? What are they going to look like? You know, Devin Booker hopefully comes back early next week. I'm sure he's going to be on a minutes restriction to start. Yes. Right? It wouldn't make any sense to not have him on Especially a minutes restriction. Especially with restri- the way yeah. they've
0: handled other players mm-hmm. coming back from injury. Yeah.
1: yeah. And so we're, so we're basically setting up to be basically a 20-plus 20, games, 20 plus game sprint to the playoffs. And,
0: you know, on those eight possibilities, Ananobi's name is out there. If the Suns were going to part with DeAndre Ayton, and I like OG Ananobi, if they were going to part with DeAndre Ayton, I would much rather prefer, you know, a step up in in player and get Pascal mm-hmm. Siakam from Toronto, if that mm-hmm. if that's at all possible. Ananobi for Ayton as as the centerpieces of a package ah, that that'd be a harder sell for me personally. And I again, I like Ananobi. But the numbers that he puts up are pretty similar to what DeAndre Ayton puts up, at least in a scoring field. Yeah. Uh, a lot to watch next week on The Sun's Oh, Friday. no doubt. Fall Out Boy heading to Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater for their So Much Dust Tour on June 30th. Tickets go on sale today. You can win a pair right now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Coming up next, it's time for some social studies. Sarah Gazelle will take us through it on Twitter. Straight ahead, it's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.